G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. According to Jesus, there are three groups of people in this room right now. Three groups, and you fall into one of those three groups. Each group is described by Jesus in his concluding remarks to the greatest sermon ever preached called the Sermon on the Mount. Hi, and welcome to Today with Jeff Vines. At the end of his Sermon on the Mount, Jesus speaks about three types of people who try to enter through his narrow gate of salvation. Do we see Jesus as just a good life coach or as our saviour who has authority? And then suddenly you wake up and you realise all this time on the broad road, you thought you were going to find life. You've been dead man walking. You're on the road to ruin. And some people get so far down that road, they can't find their way back. This is Today with Jeff Vines, and we continue his message on the narrow road. The whole sermon series could have been summarized in about 10 minutes. You say, well, Jeff, if that's true, why didn't you do that? We could have sung a lot more music. (laughs) This is the center. Paul says, I put everything behind me, and I reach toward the mark, the bullseye. This is total Christ-likeness. My problem is, our problem is, that when I hear young people, middle-aged and even older people talking today, about their relationship with Christ and purity and holiness and sanctification, their big question is not what, I, what do I have to do to stretch and to strain and to groan and to narrow my life to conform to the image of Christ. Their issue is this, how far away can I live from the center, do what I want to do, go where I want to go, read what I want to read, watch what I want to watch, and still be considered a Christian? That's why there's no revival in the American church. That's why. We don't have an overwhelming sense of the presence of God involved in everything that we think, we do, we say. That brings the second question. Why then, Jeff, if I have to narrow my life, should I be impressed with the narrow road and live on that road? Because Jesus said, narrow is the gate and difficult the way that leads what? Because it is the way to life. Now, I want you to look at something. How many of you have ever driven in Bolivia? Not something you want to do. Here's a road in Bolivia on the screen. We got a few slides. Now that's the widest the road's going to get. It's going to get narrow from here. It's going to be real narrow. Passing other traffic is going to be extremely difficult. You're going to get on a road, and I'll tell you what, if you make one little tiny mistake, we're never going to see or hear from you again. And the thing about traveling on the narrow road is that it requires an enormous amount of concentration. You can't let your guard down. You've got to be thinking the whole time. Now, here's the reality. Somewhere along the line, those of you who are in group two, let's be honest. You started through the narrow gate. You started walking down the narrow way, but you lost your concentration and got distracted. Now, be honest. Come on now. Be honest. There's no straining toward purity in your life. <laughs> You don't wake up thinking, how am I going to be further conformed to the image of Jesus? Because if you did, you'd start out your day differently. 
As a matter of fact, you're struggling with the same sins today that you were 10 years ago. Same problems. Not all of you, only those of you in group two. Yeah, that's right, isn't it? You lost your concentration. You got distracted. You're back on the Broadway. Listen, it's the way everybody else is going. Jesus calls it the flow. And you're surprised that you're getting what everybody else is getting. Because you've not connected your distractions with your inability. Listen, you've not connected your distractions away from the narrow road with your inability to feel alive. To feel meaning and purpose and excitement about your future. It's like this. Now, I hate to do this to you. Actually, I don't hate to do it. That's why I'm going to do it. Little League Baseball, remember? My, this is my favorite illustration of all time. Simple, yep, just packed with profundity. I go out to Little League Baseball, and my mom says what? Don't stare at the sun. Remember what I told you? Little League Baseball, you go out in the outfield, it's boring because no baseballs ever come out there. So you got to create things to do to keep yourself occupied. So I like to stare at the sun. <laughs> Now, wow, well, that's pretty bright, that light up there. The cool thing about, why, why would you do that? Well, first of all, because mom told you not to, so you do it. Second, if you stare at the sun long enough and then you turn away and you squint your eyes really tight, there's these cool little dots that are all different colors that bounce everywhere. It's the coolest thing. Just bounce, bounce, bounce. Red and green and purple. The problem is you can't see them because they're bouncing and I want to stop. Through years of trial and error, I discovered how to see the dots. And yes, you too can learn right here in church today, Christ Church of the Valley. If you look at the sun and you turn away and the dots are bouncing everywhere, if you'll just focus on a fixed point in the background, the dots will stop shaking and stabilize and you can see how beautiful they are. That's right. Jeff, why in heaven's name would you tell us that? It's a powerful illustration. It really is. It has two applications. The first is this. The problem with most of us is we're focusing on the wrong thing. We're focusing on our dots, our lives, our self-aggrandizement, our agenda, and it's gotten our focus off the bigger picture, God's kingdom. And when you do that, there's a heavy price to pay. You haven't made the connection with living the temporary life, going the flow of everybody else, traveling the broad way, and your unstable life. The dots are unstable when you're trying to focus on them. But when you focus on the bigger picture, the dots, your life will stabilize and everything comes into focus. Some of you right now, you're depressed and you're in despair because that's the life that occurs when your focus is off God. You feel like you become unhinged from the creator's moorings. The broad way is the way that leads to life and it's much more than about heaven. It's about the abundant life right now. The thief comes to kill and destroy and to rob you of the life Jesus came to bring. The only way you're going to find it is back on the narrow way where God's kingdom and God's stuff and his purposes becoming a reality in your life become your priority. It's the great irony, really. That's the second application of the dots. The irony. Isn't it amazing? You find it by letting it go. Now you think about this for a moment. Jesus said there's going to be so many people that come along. They're going to see the narrow gate and see the narrow road. And they're going to say, man, that is narrow. And they're going to be afraid. And they'll say, man, I can't do that. I can't give up what I want. So I can't walk the narrow way. And they go off to the broad way thinking they're going to find life. What do they find instead? Destruction and death. I'll explain that momentarily. Then there's another group. They see it and they say, oh, it's going to be hard. I'll walk through the narrow road. It's difficult. They're expecting the way to be tough. They're expecting the rigors of a more demanding path. 
but they're diligent, they're passionate because they know it's the right thing to do. And then they get a surprise. They get a reverse surprise. They discover life in ways they never knew it before. They start feeling alive emotionally, physically, spiritually, relationally. Husbands and wives stay together. Kids find secure homes. Families grow more and more in love with God and more and more in love with each other. And then in a sudden moment of time, when the narrow way has been walked year after year, all for which the human heart longs, comes flying in like a long lost relative. What they tried to keep, they lost. What they gave up, they found. Remember the dots? You find your life by letting it go and walking the narrow road and trusting. Listen, I'm gonna call you fathers out. I, I told you I gave you a warning. Don't judge me for this. Hear my heart. The Broadway is killing your family, man. Your kids know you don't live for anything that's eternal. They know you live for getting more and more stuff. And because of that, you're a dead man walking and your family's a dead family walking. You got off the narrow way a long time ago. You used to be the spiritual leader. You used to sit in a room and read the Bible to your son or your daughter. You used to pray with them. Somewhere along the line, you got distracted. It's all about over there now. And your life has become unstable. Your family's falling apart. You used to grab the hand of your wife at night before you went to bed and pray to God so that she would see she could trust you because you're trusting somebody bigger. Your family used to be solid. It's, it amazes me how many men think that their children are going to grow up adoring and loving them when they're not the spiritual leader in the home. Your kids are smart. They know what your life is about and they will emulate you every time. I'm calling you fathers out, but I'm calling you off that broad way to get back on the narrow way to be a real man and pursue real manhood by stretching and straining into Christ-likeness so that your children and your wife will be humbled and they'll see your example and they will want to be with you and want to be like you because they know you're about something that's big, something that's eternal, something that lasts. But your children won't describe you like that. Men, if you're honest, a lot of you guys in here, they're not going to describe you as somebody who wants more and more of God they're going to describe you as somebody who wants more and more stuff. And if truth be told, if you're on that second road, if you're on the broad way, you, you have passion and you want to be at church, but it's not because you love God. It's because you want appeasement. You're here because you want to get God involved in all the things you're doing Monday to Saturday. But you have no intention of walking on the narrow way of giving it up so that you may gain everything. Yeah, the road is narrow, but on the other end, it broadens out and it's wide and the views are spectacular when you trust God to take you where He wants you to go. This is Today with Jeff Vines and his message, The Narrow Road. Entering through the narrow gate means the road that follows will be narrow. Here's Pastor Jeff. I want to address one last group and then I'll bring it to a conclusion. First group, Jesus, Savior, pull the trigger. Second group, you know you're off the narrow road. Now, please listen. I know there are a lot of you high schoolers and young adults and college age say, man, I like Jeff, but man, he, he should target us more. I got good news. <laughs> I'm talking to you. This part of the message was written especially for the age of 16 to around 28. C.S. Lewis writes The Great Divorce. Tells a story. There's a man walking up to heaven, an angel beside him. There's a lizard on his shoulder. And the man's glad that he's going to heaven, escorted by the angel. He's a little nervous about this lizard he has on his shoulder. He looks to the angel, and C.S. Lewis tells us the lizard represents lust. 
So he's going up the hill. Hey, man, I'm glad we're on heaven. This is great, man. But I, I really can't take this guy with me, can I? He says, no, you can't. But he doesn't say anything else about it. They keep going up the hill, marching toward the light, marching toward heaven. He says, hey, I'm really glad we're going to heaven, but I, I can't take this guy with, it, with me, can I? And the angel says, no, you can't. Well, what am I going to do? I've got to kill it. Do you want me to kill it? Oh, no, 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 no. I've had him with me all my life. I mean, come on, I'm kind of used to it. Can I just take him with? No, you can't go with him. You can't, you can't take him with you. Got to kill him. No, 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 but that'll hurt. And the angel starts to put his hand and to burn the lizard off. And, but it also burns the man. He said, wait a minute, you're hurting me and you're hurting me. Angel said, I didn't say it wouldn't hurt you. I just said it wouldn't kill you. Do you want me to kill it? No, no, I'm just, I'm used to him. It's part of my life. Do you want me to kill it? Then they get right to the gate. He says one last time, do you want me to kill it? He says, okay, kill it. And he puts his hand and burns the lizard, kills the lizard. But in, rather than the lizard dying, it turns into a beautiful stallion. What's the point? Lewis goes on, listen now. Young people, every desire that you have in your life Every thirst and every passion, you think God's unaware of that? He's your creator. He gave it to you. And when you allow God to meet those desires through legitimate means and the way he intended for those passions and desires to be met, it turns into a beautiful stallion that's to be adored and respected. But when you try to meet those desires and illegitimate means, it turns into the animal of lust. And rather than you controlling it, it controls you. And ultimately, it will kill you. You say, Jeff, you need to be more specific. Okay, then. I'm glad you asked me that. <laughs> the most powerful passion at your point and this point in your life is the desire for sex. That's right. Intimacy. God gave you that desire. But he created a beautiful, wonderful way to fill it. It's called your marriage to a husband or a wife. And if you will be patient and you will wait and you will allow God to fill that through legitimate means, since it legitimately comes from him, then your marriage, as I can attest to, will be like a beautiful stallion. And that part of having your physical needs met is so beautiful when it's with one woman that God gave you, she will pour herself out to you because she sees that you're a man who loves God and is following his ways. And there is, let me tell you, man, let me tell you something. A woman will give herself to a man like that. But young people, you want to fill your need now and you want to do it your way now. And that's why pornography is the biggest industry in America. Because <laughs> you want to do it your way when you want to do it. And it's killing the generation of men in our country. And it's grabbed onto you and it's slowly killing you. Women, you're not immune to this either. I know that. I'm calling you out, guys. I'm telling you, you got to get back on the narrow road. Because the narrow road, it might seem restrictive, but ultimately it leads to life. You think, you think that people don't know what you're doing at 1 or 2 a.m.? Listen. Listen to me, young people. I said this last week. You need to get off the computer. I'm not a teetotaler, remember? I'm not saying that get rid of it completely, but if you tell me you have no time for God and to restructure your life, for God to speak into your life through Bible study and prayer, but I see you on the computer for four or five hours on Facebook, I'm not gonna believe you. You gotta restructure your life. If you're gonna walk the narrow road, you're gonna need help. There's an enemy who knows you, who knows your weaknesses, is ready to pounce. Only by the renewing of your mind will you be able to stay on the narrow road. It's the, parable, parable, the whole parable of the prodigal. Listen, I'm not completely delusional, young people. I, believe it or not, 
I was young at one point. I was actually your age at one point. As a matter of fact, when I got my first car, it was a Starfire GT, yellow car with black stripes around the side. I told you, I told my dad I want my first car. He said, good, I'll get you your first job. So I got my first job, then I got my first car. $100 a month, a little bank book. This car just tilted a little bit to the right because it had been wrecked numerous times, but it was my car. Even though it leaked antifreeze on the passenger side, it was still my car. And every Sunday, my dad would come to me and say, now, Jeff, hear me on this. When you're coming home from your girlfriend's house, make sure that you drive slowly and carefully because those country roads get slick in the summertime. And they did. You'd have this downpour, the oil would rise to the surface, and then they were like ice. But I got tired of hearing my dad say what I couldn't and could not do. So I said, you know what? I'm tired. I'm going to be Richard Petty today. I'm going to go visit my girlfriend. And on the way home, man, I'm going to roll down the windows. Remember this way? I'm going to roll down the windows. I'm going to put my eight-track tape player in that cassette. And I'm going to listen to ZZ Top. I'm bad. I'm bad. I'm nationwide. And I'm going to let everybody hear it. And I'm driving home. I'm, it feels, listen, it don't, make, make no mistake. I know it feels good. I know that. It felt great to be rebellious. It usually does for a while. And I've got the windows down. I come around the curve feeling rebellious and I go into a spin, 360, three of them in a row. And by the grace of God, I'm still alive today. It taught me a lesson about driving on these type roads. But it felt great. Man, your youth, you feel about, you want to climb the fences. No trespassing signs. That's just, that, that's just a command for you to trespass. You hate to be told what to do, especially in American culture and society. Nobody's going to tell us what to do. And you think that although it feels good now, that ultimately you don't know it's going to destroy you, man. That the money will run out. That the health breaks down. That the roof caves in. And what was alluring you, men or women or the internet or whatever, starts jacking you around, betraying you, and ultimately breaking your heart. And the wine no longer energizes. Now you're addicted. It's enslaving you. And then suddenly... You wake up and you realize all this time on the broad road, you thought you were going to find life. You've been dead man walking. You're on the road to ruin. And some people get so far down that road, they can't find their way back. I'm calling you out. Man, I'm calling you out, man. I'm calling you out to be the spiritual leader in your home. To get back on the narrow way. Ladies, I'm calling you out. I'm saying, man, you've been distracted long enough now with your own agenda. You know, sometimes church can actually not be a good thing when you're so busy serving and you have no time for God. That's a bad thing. I'm for everyone serving and discovering your gift and employing an impact of the kingdom of God, but not when it comes to the point where you got no time to sit and listen and read and pray and reflect and allow the spirit of God to renew your mind because you're so busy doing church stuff. That's not good. I'm calling all of you out. There's the third group. It takes me about two minutes and then we'll close this whole deal. The third group is this. The third group, what I call closet Christians. Now listen, this is very short. One of the discoveries I made is that in the Greek language, again, you have different uh, words for road and the different word for road describes what type of road it is. In Matthew 713, Jesus uses the word for road that is not a road that's been constructed. It's not all roads lead to Rome. It's not a city road. It's not a country road. He uses the word for path that develops over time when people take a shortcut through a field. It's Jesus' way of saying there have been many go 
the different way, the road less traveled. There have been many go before you. And Jesus says, I'm asking you now. And I thought of the cloud of witnesses in Hebrew, Hebrews. Now I'm asking you to go the way and follow. But make no mistake, Jesus said again, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before the Father. That his way is a road that is public, that is seen. And there's no such thing as a closet Christian. Again, Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before the Father. And in this room right here, remember, the very first command you receive when you go through the gate and you're on the narrow road is to be baptized. First one, plunge your past. Go before your brothers and sisters. Go before God and witnesses that you're dying to your old way, being resurrected to your new one. That's the first command. If you can't obey the first fundamental command, where are you going to go on the narrow road after that? And so I'm calling all of us out. I want to make it clear. If you're on the outside looking in and you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, Jesus says you're lost and you're going to a Christless eternity in a place called hell that will be eternal separation from God. And you can kick and scream and say it ought not be that way. But Jesus says, I'm the one that laid down my life. I shed my blood that you might be forgiven. I'm asking you today when we sing to walk up those stairs and go through this turnstile and say, I'm going to go the narrow way. Jesus is my savior, the Lord of my life. I want my sins forgiven. Walk on that stage. Meet me. Look at me eye to eye. Man to man, man to woman, man to child, man to teenage, whatever. Walk through this turnstile and say, I'm going the narrow way. Second group, I'm calling you dads out, man. I'm asking you today, right here and now, you walk down that aisle and you say, I've not been the spiritual leader of my family. It's killing my relationship with my wife. It's killing my relationship with my kids. I am distracted and my life is all out of focus. Everything is unstable. I'm asking you to walk down this aisle, go through the turnstile and say, I'm back on the narrow way, man. I'm back on the narrow road. I'm not perfect and I'm sure I'll make mistakes tomorrow. But before God and everybody today, I'm walking through the turnstile. I'm back on the narrow road. Mothers, young adults, College students that have gone away, come back, get back up here. Jesus says, where two or more gathered, there will I be also. When you make a commitment and a decision like that before God and your brothers and sisters in Christ, the power of the Spirit moves and he will come back into your life. He will convict you heavily. Make sure over the next 48 hours that you pay close attention after you've walked through this, what the Spirit of God says to you. He will tell you what needs to go and what needs to enter. And then the third group. You've been at Christ Church of the Valley this long and you've still not been baptized. Now, you know what I'm going to do, right? I'm going to remove all excuses. I don't want to get wet in front of people. Jesus stretches out his arms and dies for you and you don't want to get wet in front of people. I got a black t-shirt over here that we're going to put over you. It's a warm day. You'll dry off pretty quickly. Got a paper bag, sorry, plastic bag for you that you can put in the car so you don't get your car seat wet. Remember what I said before. You know, the thing about baptism is whether you got a $50 haircut, or $10 haircut, you're all going to look the same when you come out. <laughs> you got no excuse, none. I'm calling you out. Back to the narrow gate. I'm going to pray and we're going to start this thing. Father, thank you for your love for us, for the power that is in our lives because of you, for a reminder that we've been called to the narrow road. And while it is restrictive, while it is confined, Father, it is the way to life. Ultimately, it ends in the exhausted love and the kindness and the abundant life, the life all of us in this room have so desperately wanted. I pray, Father, for those in any of the categories, and we all fall into one, that we would make him our Savior.
or we would make him our Lord back on the narrow way, or Father, we would plunge our past, thus obeying the very simple and most fundamental command after walking through the gate, that we would plunge our past and that we would confess you before men, that you might confess us before the Father. We are grateful. We are thankful. We see what you will do. Holy Spirit, fall on this place and move among our people in Jesus' name. Amen. This is Today with Jeff Vines, and that's the end of the narrow road. Walking through the narrow gate of salvation is the easy part. May we be encouraged to continue travelling on the narrow but public path towards Jesus. Today with Jeff Vines. Just another way vision is connecting faith to your life. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.